Hey, listeners, I have missed you. I know I was absent for the last episode. We definitely recognize that it is rough out there nowadays. Uh, 2020 has been a pretty rough year. We do stand by uh, the protesters. We certainly support the Black Lives Matter movement, and we strive every day to you know learn more and educate ourselves and understand the struggles of black people in America, and we encourage you to do the same. So over the past few weeks, we have had a lot of discussions about how to appropriately bring our season to an end. I spoke last week about how we were anticipating creating episodes that spotlighted black talent. Well, for a couple of different personal and health reasons and a fire that happened in my house today, everybody's fine, don't worry. Um, We are going to have to make this our last episode. So we looked around and we're trying to figure out what is an appropriate movie to cap off season two with. And we thought that this particular film would be something that not only showcases an individual who was revolutionary when it comes to trans rights, but also is a black trans woman. It just seemed appropriate, and it is a movie that neither of us have seen, and we are looking forward to talking about it today. But I also want you to know that um, in season three, which we are planning now, we will continue to strive for movies that showcase inclusivity. It's crazy how this is still a problem in Hollywood, but by talking about films that are inclusive, um, we spread the word on them and then they in turn are able to become more financially viable for Hollywood to make. And it's so sad that that's the way that it has to happen. But um, I don't know. It's um, In like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of way, we can kind of do our part by uh, spreading the word on those kinds of movies. So we're going to start here. Then we have to take a little bit of a, a break to plan season three. But then we will be coming back in full force for season three. And we're really excited about that. We are for sure. Okay, so let's talk about the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson. I am ashamed to admit that uh, I know who Marsha P. Johnson is, uh, but I don't think that I would be able to accurately and respectfully convey her in a way that she deserves, just because I really don't know a lot of history about her. Yeah. And I think this movie is definitely appropriate for uh, this era of that is 2020. Definitely. I mean, again, I think that like if we were going to have to save some of our ideas for later, this is the one that I feel like is most appropriate now being Pride Month, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, with all of these Black Lives Matter um, movements. I'm hoping to learn more about her here. Again, I don't really know what this documentary is specifically focusing on. I know that it is on Netflix, so that it was something that also was factored into our decision. We want something that you guys can watch and have no reason not to watch. So I know you have a Netflix uh, subscription, or I know one of your friends does. So watch this movie with us. Again, I saw it, and I was like, okay, well, this is clearly about Marsha P. Johnson, and I know that it is about how she sort of mysteriously died. But uh, I don't know much else about it. And I'm really excited to watch it actually. Yeah, I am too. And I think, you know, we always <laughs> try not to say 
or end our take ones, you know, the same way as, Oh, I'm so excited to watch this. Like, let's dive into it. But yeah, we're so pumped. <laughs> I think it's going to be different because this is the first time we've done a documentary yeah. for, for an episode. So yeah, it's um, maybe a little bit less research and more about just talking about our feelings. Cause I think this movie is probably going to be filled with, you know, obviously presenting facts and things like that. Right. Um, right. The movie is the research. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, um, we're still very excited about doing it. And, uh, oh my God, I just did it again. Okay. So in, in <laughs> season three, we promise to do some movies that were like, oh my God, we can't believe we're doing this movie. We hate it. <laughs> this sucks. We'll see you in take two. Okay, so if you watched it with us, you know that that movie was not a biography of Marshby Johnson and was pretty heartbreaking still. <laughs> it wasn't a bad documentary. I just think the title is a little bit off. I think they focused more on Sylvia than they did on Marsha. Uh, well, it, which like isn't a bad thing. I think they were both amazing, incredible people. I mean, obviously it did focus on her death and the mysterious circumstances surrounding it and that kind of thing. But it was really interesting to get more insight into the people that she surrounded herself with. Yeah, I think that was what was most special about it. Yeah, I am ashamed to admit I had no idea who Sylvia Rivera was before this movie. And she seems like a fucking powerhouse. That was eye-opening and, and very, very interesting. It certainly was. And I think that Marsha P. Johnson has become a sort of symbol, you know, through her life and her death. Which it, I do understand the title. It seems... I honestly, I, I didn't want to watch the trailer because I wanted to go in blind, but like now I sort of think I should have. Like, it's not that I don't like what I got. I was sort of confused uh, about halfway through, like, oh, okay, this is not what we're getting. I do mm -hmm. love Victoria Cruz. Um, I, yeah. You know, I thought she was like a, a very compelling, smart, very intellectual individual. And um, like I was completely ready to follow her through the movie. And I, I like the fact that the movie not only was able to spotlight the life of a black trans woman, but also um, two Latina trans women as well. Victoria Cruz and, and Sylvia Rivera, like prominently throughout the film. So I just can't imagine going through all of that. I can't imagine all of the societal pressure that gets put on an individual having lived back then. And so it's even more back then. And people are even less understanding. And then also feeling like you don't belong in the body you're born with. Mm -hmm. uh, my heart goes out to every trans individual. Like that is a huge burden to bear. I also think that we shouldn't forget sort of the heart of this of this project is that uh, it, it really does explore the mistreatment and abuse and murder of specifically the black trans female community. Yeah, it's just, it's mind blowing how how crazy and and dangerous it is to be a black trans woman. Yeah, I, I understand that this movie is in one regard supposed to inspire hope and then is supposed to provoke change, but part of me just, it, it, it does feel a little beaten down, not particularly by this movie, but by the situation. Um, what do you mean beaten down? Just like, 
sad about the state of things. Like I, again, checking my privilege, I'm a white cisgendered, I am gay, but like a white cisgendered man, I will never deal with this kind of stuff. Right. But like, it's so sad that people still have to, and it breaks my heart. Absolutely. I think seeing things like this is really important because a, it shows us that there, this has been happening for a while and there are you know people who are fighting to change this and B uh, it's sort of like the whole gun argument where, you know, a big mass shooting happens and it gets coverage for two weeks and then it just fizzles into the background and then the cycle starts all over again until yep. the next shooting happens. And it sort of, it, it puts things in perspective in a way that, you know, I, I am aware of this now and this is something that I will try my best not to just let slide, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that we have to keep fighting for until, you know, justice is served. Totally. And speaking of that, this is just something that really got to me. And I, I want to talk about the that like the LGBT panic defense thing that they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. That is just unbelievable. Like it seems just barbaric that that is still a thing. I mean, on a federal level, I know that in 2018 they had a member of the House and a member of the Senate. They introduced a bill that would abolish that panic defense right. on a national level, and it went nowhere. And then a similar bill got reintroduced, and it was called the Gay and Trans Defense Prohibition Act of 2019. Has gone nowhere since then. Oh, my God. Queer people make up like 3.5% of the U.S., but hate crime statistics from the community are just like unbelievably disproportionate. And sexual orientation is the third highest motivator for hate crime incidents but behind race was number one and then religion was number two. So wow. one in five members of the queer community are going to experience hate crimes in their life. Jeez. Specifically one in four transgendered people will. So think about if you're black and LGBT. I mean, there is no question that in that community, trans people have the farthest to go when it comes to acceptance and equal rights. I just cannot imagine dealing with like all of the societal racism in America and then also having to deal with rampant transphobia. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. It's like, I, yeah, it's mind blowing. I, I can't, I can't even imagine. I think at this point, like just being gobsmacked about it is a reasonable response. Like we are like, we don't even know what to say. <laughs> you know, I mean, between 2013 and 2017, 102 transgendered people are known to have been killed in hate crimes, right? 75 of them were black. Jeez. That's like roughly 75%. Absolutely insane. And you would think that like in America, you know, certainly there are people who are backwards and we are seeing that every day. People who are very (laughs) behind the times and are not trying to be progressive. The wrong side of history. Yeah. Ten states have banned this. Ten out of fucking 50 don't allow this shit to be presented as a viable defense anymore. Now, like six more in D.C. have legislation uh, considering bans on the table right now, but it's fucking 10. And seven of them were from either 2019 or 2020. Jeez. Oh, and, and just in case you were wondering, none of them are Virginia. <laughs> Virginia allows this shit to happen. And I, Okay, so here's the thing. A lot of times it's not allowed to be like the sole defense. But in the case in this movie, 
this was a defense that this guy used when it came to his sentencing, and it got him, instead of 25 years, which was the max um, sentence, he got 12 years. Like, it's infuriating. Like, yeah. That is so mm. – Yeah. So frustrating. I think it's like pretty clear why Black Lives Matter is often accompanied by Black Trans Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. Because we need to support these people in these communities. It's a situation where a group that is being targeted disproportionately also has a subset that is being targeted even more disproportionately. Yeah. And it's like yeah. I just can't imagine. And especially in Pride Month. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. – <sighs> To be seeing this and it just, I don't know. The world is crazy right now. I just wanted everybody to know that like, uh, I don't know what the hell you would get from reaching out if you need to talk to us or whatever. But like, that's all I know to say. If you want to, it's heartbreaking thinking about it. You know what I mean? Absolutely it is. Like I'm trying to decron our fucking podcast, but like this is emotional. Like this is a, this is a hard movie to watch. I mean, it was super uplifting in certain parts, like seeing her talking to um, a lot of Marsh's friends and stuff like that. But like even just the homeless guy mm-hmm. losing his is uh, like every oh man, this is just a really hard movie to watch. And if you did watch it with us, we appreciate it, and I hope that you you pass it on to other people. It's not a Marsha P. Johnson biography, but I don't necessarily think that that that's you know a bad thing. Like it, you know, it, it certainly. Um, drove a point home. So, yeah, it does cover technically the life and the death of yeah. Marsha P. Johnson. Um, but I think there's so much more to this documentary. There's yeah. so much more informative. Um, and history is not easy. History fucking sucks. I think there, it, but it's, it's so important that we know it and we, you know, continue to learn about it. And that does not mean uh, keeping statues up and that kind of thing. That's a different discussion. But that's sort of like this whole time, the, throughout this whole movie, I was like, why is Sylvia Rivera not on like <laughs> money or a coin or something? Yeah. Or why, where's her statue? Where is um, – it, it just – I don't know. It. Yeah, yeah. America's fucking crazy right now. <laughs> I mean honestly though, I think – especially to the black community. I think the world's been fucking crazy their whole lives. You know what I mean? And, um, exactly. Yeah. I just think about, you know, the things that we're seeing going on right now. Sure. They're getting media coverage, but they've always happened. And, you know, yeah, they've been happening for hundreds of years. Like there's never, ever been, racial equality in this country and maybe back before white people came over maybe there was (laughs) and again i think that's why you know educating yourself and watching movies like this are so paramount Uh, i think education is key it's 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 absolutely key on a different note i think something i was kind of aware of it missing from this movie i mean it wasn't like missing it was certainly talked about but you know, it wasn't a, at the forefront of it was one of the few things that I actually knew about Marsha P. Johnson was the whole Stonewall incident. I did some research and I think it's important for those who maybe don't know that much about it to hear about it. If, if this was something that they missed in the movie and maybe would like to tie that connection. So back in the 50s and 60s, homosexuality and queer culture were very much frowned upon and were consistently met with uh, harassment and violence and 
discrimination. None of this is a secret. Like I feel like anyone who is gay or, or even isn't, they, they know that, you know, it's hard work <laughs> uh, to get to where we are today. Like you could go to jail just for being gay or, or quote unquote acting gay or dressing gay or anything like that. Yeah. So the Stonewall Inn, it was a bar that was owned and operated by the mafia, the mob, uh, which, you know, was in the movie. And they sort of paid the police to kind of look the other way in order to make money off of, you know, these people who felt like they really had nowhere else to go to celebrate being themselves. And they did that by overcharging their watered down drinks or, you know, overcharging their cover fees, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I came to learn that it was really like a dirty place. Like it was really unkept and it was really not the most attractive or inviting, but at the end of the day, it was this communal place for a lot of people who felt like they may not have fit in with society at the time. It makes sense. I mean, it was probably one of the, like the only places they had. Right. So right. It, and then, it, you know, uh, be it not being the nicest place, like I'm sure that yeah. they didn't give a shit about um, their customers because it was a bunch of people that they probably didn't respect or care for, you know? Exactly. And there's a lot of, dispute about this particular night there are so many different accounts of what happened so don't take any of this as fact but this is sort of like a general outline of what happened uh it was the night of june 28th of 69 uh judy garland had passed away earlier in that week and if you don't know who that is shame on you uh, but she very much was and i think still is uh, frankly widely celebrated and beloved by the gay community yeah she's an icon Exactly. Uh, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. She's she's great. Um, and to honor her or sort of mourn her, there was a big celebration at the Stonewall Inn. And uh, for some reason or another, the police were called. They they raided the place. They they came in and started raiding. And it was it was very specifically mentioned in a lot of sources that I found that this was not a riot. It was not at all a riot. It was a raid and a rebellion. Um, it was one of the first and certainly probably one of the most well-known instances where people stood their ground and defended themselves against this police force. Yeah. Now, Marsha B. Johnson, uh, is the, this is kind of where she comes in. She's sort of credited as the first person to quote-unquote throw her shot glass to ignite these you know, riots and rebellions. But she actually didn't get there until later on that night. She was certainly there, uh, but I I think it's it's misunderstood that she threw you know the first like she was the ignition for this whole thing. Uh, Sylvia Rivera, however, she claims that while she didn't throw the first one, she certainly threw the second. So she was there, she was ready to fight, and she was certainly a part of that battle. So Stonewall also may have the reputation for starting the gay rights movement, but that's not really where it started. I think there were organizations before that sort of all over the world, but what it did start was the gay liberation movement. And that encouraged people to take direct action against societal shame and sort of promote this idea of LGBTQ plus pride. Now, Marsha nor Sylvia quote unquote, through the first shot glass or brick, but I think their actions both before and after that night can still be felt in echoes today. I think uh, they should both be celebrated and praised for being some of the first to ignite this fight and bring justice and the rights that we have today. And I think that we are sincerely indebted to them for that. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been to gay prides before. Uh, I think before this year, they were never really something that seemed like 
my kind of scene. I think if you're someone like me who may not feel the most attractive or fit, I think pride might feel very vapid or vain. And I think, you know, gay men specifically can be some of the most judgmental people ever, which is really quite unfortunate, but, um, that's, that's, you know, a different conversation for another day, but it wasn't until recently, like, especially after this year, the events that took place this year and after watching this movie that it's really not sort of celebrating being unapologetically yourself. You're also celebrating the history and the people that paved the way for you to be able to do that case in point, you know, the people that we're talking about with this documentary. And I think, a, that changes how I think about pride and it sort of makes me wish that I had attended more and kind of encourages me to, you know, moving forward throughout the years, go to more pride celebrations. Yeah, but it's so hot. <laughs> so make it at a different time. I mean, okay, I understand it's in June, pride month's in June, but like, do you know what I mean? I understand. It does get hot. I've been to pride too and it's hot. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm joking, but like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely need to um, – continue to go when it's safe to go outside again. Yeah. <laughs> My point with all of this is that, yes, it might be hot, but it's nothing compared to the struggles that, you know, no, minorities I face. Oh my God, today. I don't want it to sound like I'm, uh, I'm like comparing like, oh, I don't want to be hot because, okay, yeah. So um, I support all of the people in the past and that was a joke. I agree. I fucking melt in the heat. I absolutely hate summer. Yeah. It is the absolute worst. But, you know, this, things like this feel more important. And I think my point with this is that like, now knowing this history and now understanding the lengths that people went through to try and get us to where we are today. Totally. Go to fucking pride. Like, like go celebrate that. Go remember the people who did this. Um, and I just want anybody that plans pride. I would love to know that I would love to celebrate that in the fall too. <laughs> well, and in the winter. So any pride that I've been to, it was back when I lived in Philadelphia and I, I miss Philly so fucking much. But Philly, I don't know if other cities do this, but Philly had this event every October that was called Outfest. And it was pretty much like Pride, but in the fall. It was, you know, people had, you know, booths up and there were parades and stuff. Um, yeah, you told me about that. That sounds good. It was, it's fun. It's it's a hell of a lot of fun. But anyway, going back to my other points, A, I, I have a new respect for Pride now. It's something that I will continue to celebrate throughout the coming years. And B, I think it made me realize that being born into the LGBTQ plus community is such a great power that bears such great responsibility. Like Spider-Man. Exactly. And it is our responsibility to make sure that we don't lose sight of why we celebrate pride. I think every single person from this community, I think bears that responsibility to know their roots and to honor those who got us here. And I think otherwise your pride really it means very little. And so, like I, I preach this to any LGBTQ plus member that's listening. I beg you to do your homework, watch this movie, study up and really get an understanding of what pride is truly celebrating. And I think that's a journey. I don't think like it's obviously it's not going to happen overnight. I'm not claiming that I'm an expert because I watched this one documentary. Um, I think it's it's a process. It's an evolution. It's something that you should never yeah. stop learning about and, and getting better at understanding and and respecting those who got us here. I think that goes for uh, the work that needs to be done to be a good ally mm -hmm. to people of different races and nationalities than you. Um, because 
that's something that we also need to never stop doing. Always keep educating yourself. Always keep checking your privilege. I feel like it's your responsibility to work towards helping those individuals. Mm -hmm. This movie gutted me. I will say that out of any other movie that we've done, this one probably left me with a lot more like coming out of it than I did going in. Yeah. Um, well, I think that was like probably going to happen because it was a, it was a documentary. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a realness to it. Um, but this, I mean, this, it's more personal, I think. Cause like we're, we're a part of that community, you know, for the most part. And not many documentaries have been able to do that, especially like history documentaries. Yeah. Okay. So thank you all so much for listening to this season. It's been a difficult year. Um, but I really do hope that our show has made you happy and taught you some stuff and that you enjoy listening to us talking. And we did get renewed for a third season. We renewed ourselves. <laughs> so we will see, or we will, we won't see you, but you'll hear us soon. This would be a good place to advertise on social media. We are uh, on Facebook and Instagram. We don't really talk about Twitter. We don't really update our Twitter very much. Yeah, we're on Twitter too, but all it does is just like sort of like auto post. Yeah. I fucking hate Twitter. Don't don't visit our Twitter. But Instagram, we will update you guys and Facebook as well. So keep an eye out for those. I believe those are both just take three AMP. Uh, that's the number three. Yeah. So if you would like to be notified regarding when we are coming back or really any news that's happening with us, you should check those out. Yeah, and if you just want to be surprised, um, don't. <laughs> so, yeah, Jordan, thank you for season two. I really appreciate everything that you've done for this podcast. You're welcome. I did all of it, so. <laughs> I really It means so much to me. <laughs> I mean, it truly does. Uh, all of the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of solo work that you do. Yes. I really yes. appreciate it. There's no other hand in this. It's just me. I honestly, I just show up and reach from a teleprompter. So plot twist. I am talking in stereo. These are both my voices. Yeah. I'm that talented. I'm thanking myself. No, all jokes aside. Uh, thank you as well. This, you know, I obviously love doing this. I think this has been a difficult year and I think things sort of kind of got rocky at the end and I am, excited to keep fighting the good fight and uh, preparing things for season three. I think it's going to be a great, great season and I am looking forward to it. And thank you for everything you've done. Yeah. We're so excited, everybody. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited about season three. Ah, jokes are circular. <laughs> Comedy comes in threes. And that is the last time you'll hear us say that. Yeah. Bye everybody. Bye guys. <laughs>